0: Well, I like movies about hope. Um, I would say *August Rush*. That's my one of my favorite movies because it's full of hope. You're like this kid; they just drive him to the ground, and he's like, "But I gotta find my mom and dad." And they're like, "Wow, where did this guy come from?" Another one is uh, *The Twin Towers*. You ever seen that? In *The Lord of the Rings*, it's the second movie, and at toward the end of the movie, they get to the end and. Um, they're just about ready to lose all their embankments, all their fortifications, and they look up over the hills, the sun rises, Gandalf comes over with a white horse and runs down and takes on the orcs, and it's such a great scene. Well, that's kind of what we are dealing with this morning. Is, as we come and God has something for each one of us, he is riding over that hill, and his, Jesus is our hope. He is that hope that is on top of that hill, and he's shining into our darkness. And out of our hearts, we will reflect his light. Will we reflect his light into this world? That's the question I have for you, Christian. If you are seeking or if you're not sure about this thing, then I don't have that question for you. I want you to listen. I want you to see how those around you respond because um, I feel it is our responsibility as Christ followers to walk like Jesus walked first. And when you see that life change, then you will respond because of jesus not because of anything that we've done or anything that i've done right so the light of the world first or john chapter 1 verse 5 it says the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it have you ever opened your closet before in a lit room and and the darkness comes out and just just makes havoc on that light has anybody had that happen before no, it never happens that way, is it? Light always penetrates darkness. Darkness, matter of fact, can't even be measured unless you have light. It ha- it's the absence of light. And when Christ is in our hearts, we should be um, adding to our communities, adding to our friendships, adding to our relationships, and it should be there. So I believe this is one of those paradoxes of Scripture that man has a problem God offers his son as a solution to all. And this is the theme of Christmas, isn't it? That is the original that God said, I'm going to send my son. He has done it 2,000 years ago. There's proof for that, and we can rest in that proof. So if God has given us a solution, then we have an opportunity for eternal life with Jesus Christ. And You could say a life for a life, couldn't you? He is a baby that's come. He is born to die for each one of us. He knew that before he was born. He knew that after he was born. He knew that while he was dying, that he was dying for the sins of the world, and he was going to rescue us from this present evil age. So I plea with you this evening, (laughs) I got it that time, um, to not throw that gift away, for there is none so precious. So how does Jesus shine into the world? By his love, through his church. That's why I directed this message this morning to the faithful in the Lord, right? I got it again, didn't I? Oh, Debbie, you're allowed to kick my shin after this service, okay? So don't tell Piper. She'll help you. That's right. So first, first John 4, 7 through 9 says, Dear friends, let, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed us how much he loved us by sending his one and only Son into this world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we, we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Wow, can you imagine that? You can save all humanity if you just sacrifice your son. You sacrifice your oldest child, sacrifice your oldest boy. I'd be like, you're going to have to find somebody else. And you call yourself a pastor, right? For me to sacrifice myself for everybody, no problem. Wouldn't even hesitate. But for me to give up my son, how hard would that be? And God the Father did that for each one of us. Do you understand that urgency that comes with the Christmas promise? Of Christ coming. Do you understand that urgency? It proves to us that there is a God. We've been celebrating Christmas for 2,000 years, folks, because there was a Christ. That's proof in itself. Why is this tradition here? Is it just because we have St. Nicholas? Where did St. Nicholas come? He came from church, right? Three, four hundred years ago. And that came from out of tradition that came because of Jesus coming 2000 years ago. He has fulfilled his promise in, he's fulfilled his promise, he, he promised to return and we know this to be fulfilled because he followed through on his first promise. So he's promised to come again, right? He's promised coming come again a second time. And When he comes a second time, he's gonna eradicate sin forever. Or as they say in the Sandlot, as I said a couple of weeks ago, forever, right? And so the question is, where are we standing? Are we going to be standing with him or are we going to be standing for ourselves or are we going to be standing against him? Because if we're not for him, we're against him. Because Jesus said that. They're not for me, they're against me. And God sent the example that we are to follow. He sent his son. His son died for us. His son is God and therefore he asked us to die to self and surrender to him as he has surrendered to our sin. Praise God that he was able to defeat the sin. I don't think it was an easy task. Just looking at my sin and for myself and the ones that I've piled on to his cross. And then if we add this room, we add the world, we add the world for all time. That's quite the heavy burden. And he was able to do it with delight. As we come, we know that we love because he first loved us. In First John chapter 3, verse 16, it says we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us so that we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. Also in John 15, 13, 14, and 17, it says there's no greater love than to lay down one's life for our friends. Then he, then he said, you are my friends if you do what I command. This is my command. Love each other. If we are going to be light and dark places, Christian, we need to do these things. One, we need to put others first, right? Put others first. When we're walking through that line tomorrow at Christmas meal, you make sure the servers go first. You make sure that they know that they're appreciated. Look for opportunities to serve, men. We might be able to do some dishes tomorrow. I know that is not maybe your traditional work, but that is good work to remind of how much your wife does for each one. Uh, Where can we find places in our lives where we can put others first? Thinking about those things. Where can we put our our wives first? Where can we lift them up? Who is making an impact on your life that you need to thank? When we have an attitude of gratitude, we can walk forward uh, much easier in life even when things are going bad. So who can you share your glory with? When you do something successful, who are you going to get? You think about your Emmy speech that you're gonna give up there and say, I wanna thank, or the Academy Awards, I wanna thank the Academy. Well, didn't you just thank yourself right there? Because aren't you part of the Academy? No, that's not what we want to do. We want to thank God first. We want to give him the praise. We want to give him the glory. I couldn't have done it without him. So we want, as our story unfolds on the pages of time, who do we need to acknowledge? First, I would say, and foremost, we need to acknowledge the true author of our lives. He died for us. And who do we need to let know that we acknowledge Jesus? Well, all that we hear the story. He needs to be the hero of the story, doesn't he? We need to remember to put others first, including the Lord. The second one, we need to coach back. When Jesus was nearing his death, he is about to go to the cross. He pulls his disciples in close. He's got his 12. He pulls them in close, and he says... They, they're looking for the next step. They want to know, okay, we've come, we've done the 101 stuff. We've done the 201 stuff, Lord. We want to be in the 401 stuff. Where, where's this graduate level classes that we need to go through? And they're getting bored, maybe, possibly, and they want something new. So he pulls them in close and he says this in John 13, 34 and 35. He says, now I'm going to give you a new commandment that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you should love one another. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples, which is funny because that's what he told them at the very beginning. So he hasn't given them anything new at all. He has reiterated, he has coached back to the basics, and so they can walk as Jesus walked. But Jesus, they may say, but Jesus, this isn't something new. This is the same thing. Why would we come back to this? Well, because if you can remember the basics, you can get the difficult, right? If you remember the basics, you can get the things that are tougher down the road. If you know how to walk through your batting stance, your volleyball hit and things, you can go and do those and repeat it over and over. If you work back and and coach back, you'll do well with that. Knowing a situation they're about to face, he wanted them to remember to love Even when it was hard, even when Jesus was taken away from them, even when Jesus died, he wanted them to love one another. And they don't. They don't do a very good job. They deny Jesus three times, one of them betrays him, and they just really make a mess of it, right? I can identify with all that. I can't identify with loving one another all the time, right? But we try. And Jesus forgives. Praise God for his forgiveness. So we're pre- he was preparing them for the future. Even when hope was about to disappear, Jesus reviewed where they started because that's when people see that you are my disciples. That is the bright light in the darkness, folks. When a bully is getting you down, what do you do? You bake them an apple pie right? That's not what you do. That's not what I want to do. I want to go get my baseball bat. No, Jesus says bake them an apple pie. It doesn't say that in scripture, but that's just a good example, right? You kill them with kindness, right? So what else can we do? When a child is, is trying your patience, instead of yelling, maybe try a big hug, and moms, you can always go to the tears because that will straighten us boys up right away. All right? And remember that between you and the Lord, you've done worse to him. Right. You've done worse. And you deserve worse. But he has been full of grace and he has filled up your life so you can do the same. So when it's all over, you discipline accordingly. Parents, you want to make sure you don't just let them get away with that behavior, but you discipline accordingly. You remind them the principle that you're working towards and the attitude they're supposed to have, and then we coach back, right? And this is how we could act. Last one, love requires sacrificial action. Then we we, came, we come upon John 3, 16 and 17. A lot of people know john 3 16 says for god so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life but a lot of people don't memorize verse 17 it says for god sent his son into the world to save the world and not to judge the world right it says god sent his son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him That's grace, folks. That is grace. So whom do we need to extend our grace? To whom are we not talking? It's time to open a dialogue. Who is hard to serve in your life? Serve them like Jesus would. And if we can't do them, if we can't serve them like that, then we need to serve them like they're Jesus. That's not easy either, but that's his expectation. Who's your heart hard against? It's time to forgive. It's time to look past the problem and look toward the solution. Because Jesus is the hope shining in the dark. In our darkness, out of our own hearts, will we reflect His light in this dark world? The last point: G, light in dark places. Light in dark places. Let us pause this Christmas season and remember, we are the light in dark places. He calls us to come out and be separate from the world. He calls us to a choice, to recognize the light, to see the truth, to accept the gift of God's grace by faith in Jesus Christ. It is not something that we can afford. It's a priceless gift that he offers freely. It's pretty amazing. You mind going to... No, I guess you got it right. You're right. I got it wrong up there. Sorry. Friends, the gospel wants to bring change, and we have this hope. John 1, 14. This is the Christmas story in the gospel of John. It says, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is the Christmas story in a nutshell. Jesus came... To this earth he became man friends it is not i but christ christ jesus changes lives pastor shane doesn't you can't change your own life christ jesus changes life christ jesus came to the world to save it not me i didn't come to save it i'm part of the problem right just like each one of us christ jesus is the solution and if this is not true then I've, or if I say this isn't true, then I've already made a choice, haven't I? The life in eternal darkness, a life in eternal suffering, because we continue to worship ourselves, that is the crux of the American nation. We are our own gods. We worship ourselves. We do life to satisfy our own needs. A life in In eternal suffering, because we continue to worship ourselves, it's time to end the foothold the devil has on our lives. It's time to humble ourselves and pray and change our sin habits. Sin habits break up families. Sin habits destroy lives. And remember, we need to coach back. Because Jesus is the hope shining in our darkness. Out of our own hearts will we reflect his light in this dark world. Three steps. After we accept God's grace, that we can use to change these habits, I'm going to call to, I'm going to finish the sermon on. First one, we need to call it out. Light exposes the problem, so bring it into the light. Write it down, confess it to a friend. The Lord has exposed the problem, follow through to get rid of it. It's a terrible crutch. We don't need it, but we fall into it. Confession reduces the power of sin in our lives. When experiencing a bad habit, verbally reject it, and then we ask the Lord for victory over it. So when we're in the midst of it, if you really want to get over that bad habit, you don't take the pleasure it gives you. You reject that pleasure, and you call it out for what it is. I tell you what, you start doing that, some of your bad habits, it's... um, puts a bad taste in your mouth, and you start getting up, giving it up. I know because I've done that from experience. Number two, self-discipline. Self-evaluate. When does the urge come? When does the urge come? Is it under stress? Is it in boredom? Is it when you're excited? Maybe it's a combination of all three. When we recognize a pattern, we can avoid the habit, and therefore we can eradicate it. We can see it before it gets there and get rid of it. Fill the bad habit with a good one. What's a good habit you can get into? Call a friend. Hey, what's going? What's going on? Maybe you have a problem with a diet, right? Drink a glass of water instead of eating that snack. It'll fill up your belly, and it it helps. I'm not going to say it eradicates the hunger problem, but it helps a lot, right? Another one for those that, this has helped me a ton, is quote a Bible verse that you memorize memorized to combat the problem. Uh, slow down and consciously relax. If you're in a stressful situation, if you consciously relax, it will help. Seek alternative sources. For example, if you get worked up by the news, maybe it's time to shut the news off and turn on um, Christmas music during this season, right? Turn on something that's gonna calm you down. Maybe it's time to go out and chop wood to get the stress level down. I don't know, something that you can do. Maybe it's social media. Maybe instead of voicing your opinion online, maybe it's uh, phone a friend and, and say, dude, did you see this? And then voice your frustration. Thank you for helping me get through that. Now I can go throughout my day. Or come to men's group. I know. No pressure to come, but you're always invited, right? Uh, There's also um, foundations class starting up. And finally, pray and meditate on Scripture. This one will help you more than anything. Try it out. Find a verse that you can memorize. Maybe it's John 3.16 and see the sacrificial action that Christ puts into that and then memorize it, work through it, put it in a place that you're going to be able to see it so it comes up. Maybe it's your bathroom mirror. Maybe it's on your... um, on your steering wheel those are two good places to have it maybe it's in your wallet and go through it with that right pray to start your day pray against the habit in a positive way you give what i mean by a positive way is you give the lord authority in your life it says lord you're my strength and my comfort i will trust in your word and the power to, to be what i need today guard my mind and heart to be your servant today it's a good little prayer that puts God first. It puts him as the authority figure in your life, and it walks through conquering that sin through his authority and not yours. And the last one, this is a good memory verse to work on, is 2 Timothy 2.22. Okay? Lots of twos there, so it's easy to remember. 2 Timothy 2.22 says, Flee the evil desires of your youth and pursue righteousness, faith, hope, and peace, along with those who call upon the Lord out of a pure heart. Right, So flee, follow, and friends. Those are three guards that help you live pure. Flee the evil desires of your youth and pursue righteousness, faith, hope, and peace. I think I added faith in there. Um, Those are all qualities of God who we need to follow. And the last one is friends, along with those who call upon the Lord out of a pure heart. Have you ever called upon a friend and had them lift you up? That's what it's all about, right? Jesus is our hope shining in dark places. Out of our own hearts will we reflect his light in this dark world. As we come together now, you can get your candles as we are going to sing uh, Silent Night. He was born, and he's coming back, right? We know that he's died, he's coming again, and we praise God because of that. And we set our hope on that as well. I hope and I pray that each one of you will take that relationship with him this evening. Let's pray and then we we'll close. Lord Jesus, we thank you for our time together. We thank you that you are a blessing to each one of us. Lord, we pray that you would reveal yourself to each one of us and that we would... Um, come before you broken and looking for you to be our salvation. Lord, we surrender to you. We pray these things in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.